You're listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson, the podcast that tells you what it really takes to build a business and the simple steps to get you there. I'm determined to share with you the reality of easy, simple business marketing tips to make passive income so that you can start making money online. Making Money Online is sponsored by Nicola J. Rowley PR, helping entrepreneurs and brands get visible through strategic storytelling. If you're serious about being seen and impacting the lives of others, harnessing the power of PR is the best way to grow and scale your business. Visit njrpr.com for more details and read Nicola's best-selling book, The Power of PR. Hello and welcome to this week's episode of the podcast. Today we're talking about all things women in positions of power (laughs) because there's been a lot of statistics and data that have shown us that actually women in leadership roles do better. Sorry, guys, that is what we know. There's been lots of statistics that say we do things differently. And so actually having equality in those kind of positions where people make decisions are really, really important so that we get a balance of how things are done. And so today I wanted to talk a little bit about that. And I've brought on an expert in this area, leadership coach, Andrea Ryan, to have this discussion with me. So welcome to the podcast, Andrea. Thanks, Lisa. Thanks for having me. It's really lovely to be here. Let's just go to to your background and why you felt this was needed in the first place. You obviously see a lot of women who aren't in positions of power and know a lot of things. What do you think stops women from really owning their own identity? Good question. I I feel, and given um, the many women that I've coached, that it's, it's all about confidence and limiting beliefs. So we tend to hold ourselves back because of that inner critic. We call them um, gnats. So negative automatic thoughts that just pop into our head. It's that little inner critic that says to you, oh, no, you can't do that. Oh, no, I would do that if I were you. Really? Are you really going to do it that way? And and so all of a sudden it starts to talk us down. And we, we start to believe that. And then from that point, we start to doubt ourselves. We get imposter syndrome. We don't we steer away from our value set and many of us don't really recognize of our values lead us in life so a lot of people haven't really done work on values or recognize how important they are so values you know they they form like that my power of three and that's all to do with you know values and strengths and powerful empowering thoughts that that bring together that belief, that self-worth in yourself. And that's what it all boils down to is that self-belief and being able to nurture that and turn up volume on your powerful empowering thoughts and turn the volume down your negative automatic thoughts, which is so much harder than, yeah, it's easier said than done. It's definitely easier said than done. And I think we all go through those kind of thoughts as well. Um, So with you, what made you realize that this was an issue for women did anything in particular you know strike you as you were trying to get into your position of leadership I think mine comes from uh, a very young age uh, I you know we all have a story I feel that my my mother was a very strong person in my life and you know I grew up in the 80s 
loads of objectification, you know, page three, yeah, yeah, all of that stuff. And and, and that good girl syndrome, you know, and too scared to put my hand up in class, didn't want to ask a question in case I sounded stupid. And so, but was always really, really confident. I I danced from a young age, so I was really comfortable in front of people and on stages. But, But for some reason, I... I didn't believe that I was intelligent enough. I didn't think I was smart enough to be able to get out there into the big wide world. So always went down a bit more of a creative track, but tended to do stuff on the side. I worked in banking for a while, which didn't work at all for me. But, you know, started to see all the different nuances and different leadership styles. And all of my managers were men. And and in my first role in my career, fortunately, one of my um, my manager was a woman who I also knew as a friend. And so when I looked at her, one of, and this is awful actually thinking about it, one of the first things I recognised when we were sitting in meetings, she was so intelligent, spoke really logically and made sense and was very influential, but didn't recognise any of that. Wow. And when we walked out of those meetings, she used to say to me, you know, but they'll probably never listen to me. I, I didn't really know what I was talking about. And I just always remember thinking, wow, you really under, underestimate yourself. And then as I worked my way up through my career, I've had a 20 year career in brand and marketing strategy and business strategy and have seen some, unfortunately, some of the worst leaders I've had have been women. And some of the women that I've spoken to also have had that experience, which is really disappointing. And there's that kind of aggression that, that many women in positions of power feel that they have to emanate um, why do you to- think that is why do you think they feel they have to kind of I've had that too where I've seen women who are really good at what they do but they're really aggressive in leadership and talk down to other women quite a lot as well do you think that's just because they're trying to they feel like they have to emulate men yeah yeah, completely. They, they've they probably worked really, really hard to get where they are. And there's an element of fear about you know, letting go of any of that, letting go of control. You tend to find that these people, their imposters are super women, you know, they're called superwomen, um, and they are perfectionists and want to take control and keep control of everything and micromanage people. And so there is an element of fear of, of letting go of that and losing it because they probably worked really hard to get there. And then the other side of that is exactly what you said is, you know, they, they feel they have to be aggressive because that's how the guys are. And you have to remember they're probably one of, you know, the only woman maybe in the room at times in senior management um, and when and may feel threatened when other females come into that environment because they don't know any other way. And that's not an, an excuse. That's just when you surround yourself with people that are like that, you know, you, you become that person. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, I feel that that's a part of it. So when you're helping women to realise their their leadership skills and the fact that actually they have something to say, they have a voice and they should use it and they don't need to come across aggressively. They can do it in a way that works for them. How do you do that? Where do you start? What we generally see is there is a a style of leadership called Ganandra's leadership. And basically that's a mix of masculine and feminine because a good leadership style is a mix of both. (laughs) So we need elements of male leadership you know less of the ego but we need elements of of male leadership because they're assertive they make decisions even if they don't know the answer they'll give you one and that whole thing around applying for a job you know 90% of guys 100% of guys will answer uh, an advert for a job even if they can't can only do 10% of what's in those skills and deliverables a woman 
if they can't do 10%, we'll not even bother applying, won't go anywhere near it. Even if they can do 90% of it, they won't go anywhere near it. So guys have that kind of, you know, they're they're confident in their decision-making. And so there's a lot, there's a lot to learn there. Um, And so if you, but you look at women's leadership and women's leadership is very different in terms of the fact we are more nurturing. We, we, we lead with community. We speak on behalf of our communities and we are looking to give back and contribution. And we're far more aware of what's happening in our geographic environments and our macro environments. So, and, and so trying to, I think with the women that I coach, I think it's, it's always starting with your belief system. What do you believe about yourself? And then trying to understand their leadership style. And the way that you do that is look at their crucible moments. We call them crucible moments where, you know, where you've really learned something really challenging and what you learned from that, how you can take that from your leadership style and take it forward uh, and integrate that into your, your management style. Uh, and, and it's all about being really true to who you are, because I think one of the main things that I see is that we are one person at home and one person at work. That's and that if you've worked on values, then you know that you are one person. You are Lisa Johnson. I am Andrea Ryan. I am me. And wherever I am, that's me. I think James Shetty had a really great way of describing values as your ethical GPS to, to navigate through life. So you have your foundation, you know who you are and you know what you want to put out into this world and what you want to deliver. And that doesn't change whether you're at home or whether you're in the workplace. Yeah. Because, yeah, that's... So it's that's still you, the, isn't it? Part. Yeah, you turn yeah. up as you... And I do think sometimes you need to be taught that, especially if you're working online. I think it's, um, you know, at, at the beginning when I, when I start working with people, I see a different version of them online. They might be more sure of themselves online than they are in real life, and they might question things in real life. And I will talk to them about allowing themselves to question it publicly and, you know, not to feel like you have to show up with all your crap together. You know, you don't have to. Um, It's okay to be vulnerable and and tell people that you don't have it all together. And, you know, ask those kind of questions about things. I do that all the time. I go online and say I'm having an identity crisis because of this, like, you know, and I think it's, it's, a really good way to be because then you don't have to pretend to be somebody that you're not a lot of the time. And it's so much more comfortable to just be you in all areas of your life. Um, You talk about this power of three. Yeah. Explain to me what that's about. So my power of three is from a, um, my own personal story and um, being able to use that uh, within my business to be limitless. So essentially my power of three is, um, I think I described it to you earlier as for those of you out there that remember the Bermuda Triangle when we were growing up and still there, is um, the Bermuda Triangle is where planes and ships used to fly over and sail and disappear and vanish into thin air. I was fascinated by the Bermuda Triangle. I'm still slightly (laughs) fascinated by it. Like, what is happening? (laughs) (laughs) I was also scared whenever we would fly near it. Oh, my God. But... um, So, and that's the way I think about it. My Bermuda Triangle is um, the pinnacle points are loss, grief, and trauma. And that basically describes my life. And so I, I, the first part of that was um, grief. So I lost my mother 10 years ago, very suddenly. Um, I live in Australia. So I had that horrible phone call at, you know, early hours of the morning and 
trying to get back and all of those things and managed to see her, which was, you know, I'm truly grateful for all. And so that, that was the, the first pinnacle moment for me. And then from that, within months, uh, you know, lost the 20 year relationship and marriage and of the love of my life. And so that just catapulted me into a world of self-destruction, which, you know, I call it just left me in a wreckage in the Bermuda Triangle on the floor. Um, and so from that, I started to have therapy and went to counseling, had to learn how to cry because I had to, I held everything inside me. Wow. And, and then just tried to really learn how to figure out who I was because I had zero values. Uh, I completely, completely went into self-destruct mode. And by having counseling and by getting therapy, I started to uh, revisit my childhood. And uh, as a six-year-old, I encountered sexual abuse. And so, and and that, that six-year-old is just the strength I have inside me that is just the strongest, you know, she'd be Captain Marvel. She's just amazing. And so I think that from that point, but revisiting that point triggered me massively. And I had a big Pandora's box moment, which made it the last part of my triangle where I'd revisited that. I got, I got triggered. And then that was like the last part of me in complete mental breakdown. And from that point, I had to work really, really hard and dig deep to get back to the Andrea that I knew um, who had gone forever because when you lose people um, and, and I know, I know from seeing you online, Lisa, you've lost somebody recently and I'm yeah. really sorry. And when you lose people, it's, it's devastating and, uh, and everybody has their own journey. And so we all have to find our own way to work through it. And what works for some people doesn't work for others, but what, what is absolutely true. And we experience grief through death. We experience grief through loss and we experience grief through trauma. And what's absolutely truth true for that is that in grief, there comes growth. And that is true for, for everyone. If you dig in, in grief, out of grief comes growth. And so that's where I, I started to come back from where I was and, you know, got my lifeboat, got my life jacket on, got the cape from my six-year-old and, and flew out of there and, and managed to start to figure out who I was. And what I realized, I went into coaching then and, absolutely uh, limitless women for me was you know that that power of three because I realized the power of three of lost trauma and grief was actually all empowering for me and and it was the biggest losses were my biggest gains and yeah, that was, it was the beginning for you wasn't it and, and I think yeah. that happens a lot like when you hit rock bottom and you yeah. had all three of those things happen at once which is unusual but they all happened at once in a short period of time. I think when you do that and you hit rock bottom, you go one of two ways. You either properly self-destruct and you stay there, or yes. you find something within you that gets you back up again. And, and if you can do that, if you can get back up again, no matter how long it takes, I think that it is the beginning of you, of a different version of you that can do brilliant, amazing things because of what you've been through. And I've seen this with so many people. Yeah, absolutely. And and I, you're completely right. And and I think for me, it, it was finding a different person and I am a different version of myself and and just made me all the more. I've always been really passionate about helping young girls and particularly and, and women and just thought, you know, now's the time because 
this is who I am. And I, I work all the time doing that. I've had neuro-linguistic programming, which helped me massively. Um, and still, you know, it takes years to get through grief. Um, and so, you know, and it hits you when you're, you're not expecting it, but recognizing that actually you can be limitless. And why are we holding ourselves back? Why am I holding myself back? And, you know, making sure that it's time. It's time for women to step into positions of power. It's time for young girls not to be objectified anymore. I mean, this online world that they live in, I really feel for them. Um, so much and, harder and, than when we were younger, yeah. like so much harder. Absolutely. And, and so that whole thing around, you know, making sure that they've got mentors, they've got role models to look up to and to aspire to and, and then help them find the confidence to be able to walk in through the door and say, this is me, you know, I can do this job. And take I've a seat at the table. Done. Like women yeah. don't take seats at the table and they need to. And they need to be building the damn table rather than taking seats at it yeah. as well. Like if we're honest about it, what? how do you think it will change the world if more women were in positions of leadership? Oh, do you know, I, I think that it would just... I think the world would be a better place. I think it would change the trajectory of, of what we're on. And, you know, you've only got to look around at, at Putin, at Trump, at bloody Xi Jinping and all these dictators that are just leading from a place of ego. They don't care about anybody else. They don't care about the people in their communities and their countries. All they care about is, is getting what they want and, you know, stomping their feet and, and just throwing their dolly out the pram. And that's all it is. And they're, they're old, they're white males. And it, it's almost like we have to wait for a generation to die. <laughs> I know that sounds yeah. awful, but it's true because they have ideals that we don't have anymore. And, uh, you know, and I'm 45. And so, and you've got to go look at the young girls that are coming up now that are just like, we're not putting up with this shit and we don't want this world. And so I think women in power would bring a world that would acknowledge climate change, a world that would acknowledge that we have to be far more sustainable in what we're doing. And we have to take care of mother nature because she takes care of us. And we understand that because of, that we have reproductive systems and that we are in charge of our reproductive systems and no male is going to tell us otherwise. Don't, I won't get started on that. <laughs> that would be a big conversation, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But we would be more nurturing. The world would be more loving. Communities would be would come together and we would help each other and it would be more supportive. And, and I know that, you know, but we would also contribute to the economy because we are you know, huge contributors to, you know, economies across the world. And, and, they just don't reckon we are 50% of, you know, the population. And so what we can bring to the table, the money that we can make, and they're just shitting the door. No. Yeah, it is that. What's the first step as a person who is a businesswoman, somebody who's just in either starting in business now or has been in business for a while, what's the first step that we can do to help make this change? I think if you're a woman in business, I think it would, it, one of the things that you could do is, is mentorship. I think it's really important that, that young girls particularly are aware of their finances, how to invest, how to make money, how to run businesses, how to recognize their self as leaders. And so mentorship plays a really great part in that. And, and it's not to say that you have to be there for every single thing, but just, you know, reach out have coffee with them, whatever it is, or help them with business plans, go into schools and talk to people and um, you know, 
put together things so we can start to change syllabus and all those things. So mentorship's a great way, I think, that women can help younger women. Yeah, showing them that where they could get to and, you know, that they can start and that actually they do have a voice and they do have a seat at the table. Um, yeah. we, we cause a ripple effect when we do that, when we show people what we're doing, when we're very vocal about what we're doing, what our opinions are. Um, and I think that's really important for a younger generation to see as well, that we're not scared to, to take our place. And so they don't need to be either. Yeah. Um, yeah, I think that's a really good idea. So if somebody wants to come and see more about your work, where is the best place that they can come? They can come to our website. So I'm uh, limitlesswomen.world. Because, you know, women are going to take over the world. So that's where we're at. So with limitlesswomen.world, if you want to come and take a look. And I'm really happy to offer anybody that is listening today and they feel they need some help, you know, very, very happy to give a free coaching session. Amazing. Thank you. Um, thank you for being here and sharing your story with us today. Thank you guys for listening. I will be back next week with another episode of Make Money Online. But until then, enjoy whatever it is you're doing for the rest of this week. Thank you for listening to Making Money Online with Lisa Johnson. If you'd like to get hold of my guide to launching, go to lisajohnson.com forward slash launch and let's get you making money online.